You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast. What's up, you pop-eyed varmints? Pop-eyed varmints comes to you courtesy of Devin Shelton's dad, Ronnie Shelton, who calls everybody, and I mean everybody, a pop-eyed varmint. Now, if you have a name that your mean uncle or your big brother used to call you when you were growing up, send it to us by hashtagging on Twitter, BCPodIntro, and I'll use it right here on the intro for the podcast. Now, that's about Devin's dad. Now, my dad called me again this week, and he said, Son, I listened to y'all's blog with Seth. He said, I didn't like it as good as the one with Chopper, but I thought it was pretty good. He said he had a hard time being able to tell who was speaking said he couldn't tell if it was me or joey we sounded alike but i don't think i sound anything like a nasally uh foster dad of the year so i was confused on that now my dad is used to listening to talk radio where it's probably just one guy talking so it's a little bit easier to tell what's going on than what we've got going on in the podcast but that led me to a revelation and that is that for people that don't understand what podcasting is, for people that are older, this is what you need to tell them to get them into it. You just tell them this. You say, a podcast is talk radio on demand. So that's what that's what we're asking you to do at this point is tell more people about the podcast. Tell them how to subscribe to it. Tell them to go to iTunes. And if, they're, if they don't understand what it is, just say, it's like talk radio on demand. You don't have to tune in to a certain station or... De- go on at the right time just anytime you want to listen to it there it is now speaking of things that you really want emory's new album you were never alone crowdfunding campaign ends this week if you've been putting off buying something don't put it off anymore buy it buy it buy it buy it buy it now okay so Now, the episode today was a really satisfying one for us, and I think it turned out great. We have Mark Solomon from the band The Crucified, Stave Saker, Neon Horse. He's somebody we've listened to and looked up to for a long time, so it was great to get to talk to him. Now, Joey's made a playlist of his favorite Mark Solomon albums and stuff he's been a part of, and that's on Bad Christian's Facebook page. Go over there, like our Facebook page. Here comes the episode. You're going to like it. Sit back. Chill out. Check it out. Fox News, Yahoo, ESPN. This is the big Christian Porkies. Okay. Y'all understand what I did? That, Woo. That was three. That was. That was the three, two, one of the most sites I visit in order. Uh, <laughs> Yahoo? You still do Yahoo? Yeah, I do. Who does Yahoo? Do you do that for I your do, search? I, I, I go to Fox News. I know it sounds stupid. And I go to Yahoo. And then I go to... What do you uh, go to Yahoo? I go to ESPN you, probably number what, one. But, what do you go to Yahoo for? I can't I, even talk. It's just like uh, entertainment news or, you know, just things that are happening around the world. <laughs> I don't know. It's just like messing around. Just, why? I mean, why Yahoo? It's got to be... People, it's isn't a that about site. It's not like I'm the only person in the world that does it. <laughs> I, I just thought Yahoo was almost even dead. I, I didn't mean, think that people... Dead. I didn't think that people surfed a bunch of websites anymore. I thought most up and coming, you know, tech savvy people just did like RSS readers and read through Twitter feeds and stuff like that. You actually go to websites to find out stuff with no agenda. Like I'm just gonna go surf Yahoo. Well, yeah, <laughs> surf yeah Yahoo. I, I actually do surf Yahoo. <laughs> wow. Like when I when I'm scouring the internet for my for my news segment, I go to Yahoo. <laughs> that's the that's a huge website. 
It's not going under. I I don't know. It's on the slide. I mean, it used to be on top, and then Google took over, and now Yahoo's just trying to keep competitive. Yeah, I guess you're right. Didn't the I thought like the head lady of Google or something? Yeah, they hired a lady from Google, like a real aggressive uh, lady CEO person over to Yahoo, and she's supposed to turn around, but I don't know that she did. She won me over immediately. I love it. Hey, how is uh, how's Georgia doing? Oh, uh, she's all right. She ate <laughs> she ate some yeah. glass off my cracked iPhone screen and swallowed it yesterday. La- last night, Matt and I were talking. He was like, "Hey, listen, because both of our iPhones are cracked." He's like, I-, "I actually have a mandate in our house. I have to get a new iPhone." I was like, "Why?" He's like, "Well, uh, there happened to be two pieces of glass in George's mouth, and I only got one of them." <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> yeah. Matt, she, yeah. It, listen, listen to this crazy uh, observation that I made. Uh, Toby and I were at a birthday party um, at the park, at the local park, and I noticed out the corner of my eye uh, my wife walking frantically, like she wasn't smiling and she was walking uh, quickly. And so automatically I'm alarmed and I get up and I start walking, only to notice that she's going after a piece of trash that's blowing away. So she is basically trying to pick something up without it with, you know, pick up litter trying to hide. Right. And I immediately thought our kids were in trouble. So I thought before we had kids, what would I have thought? Like, would I have thought that she was like running away from a burglar? Because when I saw the look of panic, I thought our kids are in trouble. Something's wrong. Someone hurt themselves. She can't find someone. Before we had kids, I don't know what my mind would have done. You probably wouldn't have been alarmed at that at all. I would guess. A frantic look on her face, like a serious I'm running after something. I don't think it I don't think you would have had that thing. I think that's part of when you have kids, you get this whole nother level of awareness and worry and honestly anxiety that's just like on guard. Yeah. So I don't think you had that anxiety. I think that's a manifestation of anxiety, is what I'm saying. I agree with that because I get that anxiety all the time. Like uh I guess it was two nights ago, Ruby goes, Daddy, Daddy, Ike and I go in and Ike's going tummy tummy <laughs> and i was like oh my gosh oh no ike's sick is he gonna throw up what and and all it was he was just half awake and he just was you same know tummy. Just, tummy. he was just saying tummy <laughs> that's like his go-to like if he gets in trouble tummy. You know I mean? like, like if he gets it all in I trouble i think he's done like, that with me before yeah like if you if, like if he like i've seen him seriously like hit his sister on the top of the head unbelievably hard and i go ike what are you doing he goes tummy <laughs> uh what's funny about anxiety the craziest well okay let me say this correctly let me articulate this well um, i'm gonna sell the, you out in a second here too the most interesting in anxiety that i experience is my wife uh who talks in her sleep <laughs> and it's, it's always something like uh you know where are the kids you know like i mean i'll come to bed usually i'll come to bed you know sometimes 30 45 minutes you know an hour or two after my wife and she's been sound asleep for like you know a solid <laughs> amount of time and uh, she always, if I, if I kind of rustle in the bed or whatever, it just barely wakes her up enough to where she goes, where's June? Where's June? So it was really funny. The other night, um, I actually had gone to sleep. I had been asleep for an hour. And I just happened to like roll over and was kind of just half awake. And and I promise you this happened. Jess goes, and I, don't know, I mean, it had been hours since she'd been asleep. She goes, <laughs> <laughs> and started laughing. I was like, so what's going on? She said, where's June? I said, I, if I if I say you're asleep, June's in her bed. She gets really mad because I'm waking her up. So I went, she's right here. And she went, okay. <laughs> and she went right back to sleep. <laughs> but so a, if you would have said she's in her crib, she would have been upset. If I said so, uh, many times I take the wrong route and I go, Jess, you've been asleep for an hour. She goes, no, I haven't. And I, I promise you, you've been asleep. And she, 
then she kind of wakes up and then, you know it's like that a little bit of embarrassment thing but it's really adorable i love it man I, it's so I, I always wish i would write everything down because sometimes i'm half awake See, and it startles I me forget, when priscilla does that it startles me like you get scared yeah i actually yell at her because that's just my natural reaction what? i'm scared well, she'll just out, out of nowhere, she'll start talking. I'm just like, be quiet. And then she's like, why? Are you <laughs> she starts what? crying. It startles me. But it's I mean, just, why don't you don't understand it's your wife? <laughs> yeah, but I'm I'm awakened. And so I'm alarmed that she's talking in the middle of the night. And it's kind of spooks me out. Here's where I wanted to sell Toby out. We uh, we're, we record at one of our uh, church's um, locations uh here in west ashley charleston south carolina yep, yep. anyway uh we recorded i think it was the jared wilson or one of them super late jay rid yeah baby <laughs> so we're walking out of the room and it's it's completely dark out there and toby is is being serious he says when you come in here early in the morning or late at night and it's dark like this you scared and i was like no he's just like are you serious <laughs> like when it's just pitch black dark and you can't even see right in front of you, that's not scary. I was like, no. And he immediately just started telling me how his mind starts going crazy, starts thinking about maybe somebody who's in there and everything. I was just like, how old are you, man? Like, you're scared of the dark? No, I'm not scared you're of the dark. You're basically saying you're scared of the dark. Well, also, our church actually meets in a movie theater, and I am the first person there, and a lot of times I get there very... Oh, wait, wait, wait. I was talking about this building. Yeah, I know, right I know. Right you're now. talking about this building, but... um. So, yeah, it, it is. The building we're in now is huge, but our church meets in a very old movie theater. So? And, well, I'm just saying, I don't think people realize when you walk into a place. <laughs> it's old. It's, yeah. I mean, yeah. it, it, it's old. It's haunted. And, it's older darkness. There's no alarm. Darkness. There is no alarm. So what if somebody is in there? If somebody's in that room. Uh, who cares? Okay, but all what I have, the is? only light I have is from, I turn on my iPhone flashlight and I'm walking through this big theater completely alone at like, five in the morning and it's completely silent do you ever talk oh if there's anybody nope. in there I'll i'm gonna kick your ass you, on easter i promise you on easter it was so creepy i got to church at four in the morning at 4 30 in the morning i should not have done that it's just too early but i just you know it's first easter at our church and i yeah and i want to do a good job so on the way there there's this t there's this uh, radio show that uh they talk about demon possession and all this stuff it's unbelievable so i somehow i had that on easter so morning started, yeah i know on easter morning i started listening to it and it was just people call in it's called coast to coast or something like that it's really creepy and uh they just are talking about demon possession and uh how it was real and this woman she she talked about how she had been uh attacked by demons and how she was overcoming it and assault by demons or, or something like that so i was like i started getting spooky spooked so i uh turned the channel the First channel I turned to, I promise you, was uh, Rolling Stones. Pleased to meet you. Hope you guess my name. But what, that's a, a song about Satan, right? I get I get to the movie yep. theater, unlock the door. It's the darkest it's ever been in there in my life. I promise. My my light from my iPhone uh, just immediately disappeared, and I was I really started getting spooked. So I, I started singing. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There's just something about that, and I got so spooked. I get to almost to where the lights are supposed to be turned on, and I hear this unbelievable noise like bah, 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 bah. I was like, "Oh my God, this is it! I have to decide what I'm going to do right now because the door's locked. Where do I go? Where do I run?" And uh, I just panicked. Nothing happened. I turn on the lights, and it was the giant ice machine that they have there that was dropping <laughs> ice. But it was really freaking me out, and it was just so scary. But the funny thing was, I said, "You're afraid." Yeah, it's of the just dark. simple. You're afraid of the dark. I've never been able to say, "Hey, I know an adult." That is afraid of the dark. Like you're afraid of the dark, man. 
When well, I'm by myself in an old movie theater, I, I do it well, every Sunday. afraid of the dark when I'm with somebody. It. No, but I mean, that's a very bold statement when you don't do it every Sunday morning. If you did All it every Sunday is, morning, if, it might change. If if Rosa is walking in a pitch black dark building with even ghost sounds, if she's holding my hand, she's good. Nobody's afraid of that's the not dark true. When, they're, when they're with that somebody. That is not true. Take Rosa to this Halloween, take her to a haunted <laughs> house, and she's holding your hand. Yeah, she's going to be like, Dad, this is boring. She's going to be screaming and crying. All I, hey, I'd I'm just intrigued. To- Toby's not afraid of the dark. He's only afraid of the dark in old buildings. <laughs> yes, old dark. <laughs> that's where that's where ghosts and demons live in old buildings. <laughs> hey, so I'm still I still can't get over the what kind of a uh, radio and media and websites you consume. So Yahoo <laughs> and then a 4:30 in the morning Christian demon. <laughs> what well, I mean, what stations do you listen to? Where do you get your media, I, dude? For some reason I know this sounds so awful. This is worse than me. Like. Smashing Russell Wilson. I, some reason, listen to conservative talk radio all the time. <laughs> I don't even, I don't even really agree with all of it, but for some reason, like I am always listening. And so, uh, our local like conservative talk radio, they play that. I guess it's like a a Christian guy that does it, and they just, I don't know. There's nothing else on in the mornings, but I do that. Yeah, and and yeah, I go to Fox News and just check out what's going on and. See what's happening, but I, yeah. Do you do that stuff because it like at least like you they make you mad sometimes, or you're learning other people's point of view, or you just align? You're just a straight Tea Party conservative Christian Fox. No, News I'm guy. not Which a straight those? Tea Party <laughs> Christian conservative. <laughs> Honestly, a lot of it is me kind of getting to make fun of it too. Like it's so far right, and I have so many friends and relatives that are just like you know whatever Bill O'Reilly says is just you know it's the truth. So I think I like hearing that stuff and. Toby also listens to tons of TBN. He watches TBN a lot. If we're ever in a hotel room, he puts on TBN. Listen, until he gets so angry that we have to call him. We we have done that before, too. And it was, I I promise you, we we contacted them and it was not a great Christian experience. I'll tell you that. Toby calls calls them and they just gets the person, you know, to take the money and just starts asking him all these questions and says, is Jesus Christ your Lord? Is that, do you believe in Jesus Christ? Or are you just trying to get money? And all of a sudden he says, where are you? know, Where are you? And then it was, if you ask them enough questions, it was pretty clear. They were just a call center like in Kansas City, not connected to, you know, yeah. anything at all. Just a place to read a script and take and kind of take your money. I know. It was just terrible. Thing. Yeah. I love TBN. Like it is the most <laughs> shipwreck reality TV thing that I could ever watch. I mean, it never yep. gets old to me. I promise you, if it, if I'm flipping through the channels and it's on, whatever it is, I'm just shocked. I mean, the people have like the most makeup, the most expensive clothes, except for they're just bizarre clothes. Like their suits are wild. crazy, just a rich environment. Oh, I mean, man. Like, I, so I mean, like, the, the, yeah, it's like unbelievable gold stuff. I mean, it's just like just the craziest thing that people think. And I mean, like you said, they're always asking for money. Like you said, Christians are the original gangsters, man. Well, I know. They don't tell you how much they make. I know. <laughs> and honestly, I think most of the people on TBN are probably living really well, but I don't know that for sure. So that's just speculation. Wow, you are growing up. I'm trying. Like, I'm trying. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's just, that's just hearsay. That's right. I mean, all that's that's funny, but fine. But you're, it's funny to me that 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 really is the type of entertainment and media you consume is just super. I mean, your demographic <laughs> is solid on whoever whoever's the advertisers for Rush Limbaugh and Bill O'Reilly and TBN and just Yahoo. I mean, you you still have a Yahoo email address <laughs> yeah. for goodness sake. If you by my if you went to my my history on the internet or history on the television it would be probably like a 55 to 75 year old man <laughs> yeah yeah i mean the advertisers would love you i mean they know exactly who who you are i know you're exactly buy. right it's uh, just interesting i think 
that I may have a story that's uh, up to caliber with the uh, condom story. Or, and it, and uh, it, there's that's possible. <laughs> well, it, it's not as I think. It's just it. I can't not think. Of, I can't stop myself from laughing. Lay it on. All us. right. So I'm talking to uh, a lady on Directv because basically. I, uh, you know, I increase my subscription when football season is on and maybe hang around a little bit with NBA, but I was just like, you know what? I'm not keeping track of anything. So I called and I said, Hey, I just want to go to your smallest plan, you know, save 20 bucks a month. And while I'm talking to her, I put the phone between my legs. And so the speaker, <laughs> I like <laughs> nice. the speaker is pointing up. So I can talk to her. She can hear me clearly. I'm driving more safe and everything. Well, the please tell me you farted on the lady. The phone, <laughs> the phone slips down, and I don't realize it. So the speaker is basically snug. <laughs> so, so it's it's. It's snug where it's, it's snug, snug where? up in between my legs and i don't even realize it and i'm not thinking i'm in the car by myself so i can't. i've got i've got to let it rip and so i just push i push it out and it goes and so there's no way this lady does not know what just happened and she she doesn't say anything about it. I'm sure not going to say excuse me. So nobody says anything. I'm sure she gets off the phone. She's like, I had a customer while I was talking. Just, just farted put in the my phone ear. Down by his butt and just farted. <laughs> and you went on with the conversation and finished your. your yeah, I got your it all taken care of, man. <laughs> hey, do y'all think that. Um, Passing stinky gas is a part of the fall. And take it even a step further. Do you think do you think that poop is a part of the fall? Like, do you think that if well, I mean, Adam we and have Eve, a butthole? We have a butthole. Yeah, yeah but yeah, no, but would so. waste smell bad. I mean No, because I don't think I, it let would. me at, let me answer that this way. I don't I don't uh, that's a good question, but I, I don't I think part of it is no matter what, in some respects, something has to be the best spe- smelling thing and something has to be the worst smelling thing or else there would be – everything couldn't uh, smell that's good. Not true. Or that's else, not true. Well, I mean, you know think I mean? about if the world did not have any of the kind of music that you just like so-so and all of it was good. I mean, that's the same sort of thing. But my thing is, is would there even be such a thing as waste? Like – don't you think in heaven maybe we'll eat our food and it just perfectly supplies everything that our Could body be needs because there's no sin? Are there turds in heaven? Is that what you're asking? In that Eric Clapton song? I would reckon that there is no smelly turds in heaven. So there's either there's <laughs> Yeah, but I think that's the reason why it smells bad because, you know, I think back in the day they would have just they would have been like, Oh, that smells good, I'm gonna eat it. I just I just made I just made something. <laughs> oh, whoa, whoa, like I made some food. No, I would I just I cannot so. imagine myself going to the bathroom in heaven. Why not? You I mean, you're it, not going to go you're not going to pee? Well, I mean, we we say that we say that there's obviously going to be work in heaven, but it won't be toil. So in heaven there will be poop and it'll just be like Yeah, eh, in heaven you'll so poop in a, immediately like an it, apple tree. It won't tree be horrible. <laughs> it'll be on the ground. I uh, noticed something kind of uh it was almost a little sad. I was going to the bathroom number two, 
And uh, so I'm sitting there and uh, my daughter walks in. She's four and she's getting ready for bath. So she's completely naked and she just starts talking to me. Yeah. And I just look at her. And I was like, you know, um, at some point this will be extremely awkward. Yeah. Like me going number two and my daughter yeah. standing there naked. That'll yeah. be just un- yeah. Yeah, having a conversation having a will be completely awkward and uncomfortable. But so I was like, man, I'm really enjoying this. So we just kept talking. I've I've shut the door on Rosa, man. Like really? no no more. I've asked her not to walk around naked in front of me and I've told her we don't take showers and together what anymore. Age, what age is that? Uh I started doing this at least a year ago, but I would say two years ago. So that that would be uh six years old, but at least two years ago, I would say at five. I told her that we couldn't take showers together unless I was wearing a bathing suit. I mean, it's just so I would basically wear swimming trunks and take a shower that way. But pretty much I tell Rosa, don't be naked in front of your dad. And I just say, look, you just don't do that. I mean, you know, we're super close. I don't think she takes it as, wow, we're not close anymore as much as, okay, well, dad's right. I mean, And will that be the same with your boys at that age? No, not at all. Okay. That's the funny thing, man. I know it's just it's so weird the difference with men and women and like how sensitive to be to that because I, I do want to be like uh, I wouldn't use the word progressive, but I do want to be open minded and not just set in ways and try to consider the ways of uh, you know it, it just it just really stinks I think to be a girl because you get all these extra rules put on you that aren't put on guys. I think that's the right. way they always feel. So no, whoa, 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 like, whoa. I'm sorry, I misunderstood your question. Definitely, the boys will have that with their mom just not right with me. no but I'm, no i know but i'm just saying i think in general uh it's just girls in society have all these things that like come on them and it's like well that that just sucks like it's not there's no upside to it and it, that men don't get treated that way now i do think men and women are totally different and it's necessary but i think it, it kind of i feel i feel bad for women i guess so to speak and even from my own point of view like i have a meeting today with uh Two people, two bad Christian people that are here in Seattle, and uh, one of them is Reva. Uh, she's the music intern. We have a music meeting. She's the music intern, and then also uh, another person that I can't say his name just yet on the podcast, but it's a uh, exciting new person that's part of the bad Christian team. And yeah. so she she uh, wrote me an email and said, "Hey, I can just pick you up on the way to the meeting." And honestly, I know that sounds crazy and would offend some people, but I just I don't really want to have a girl come by my house and pick me up and us ride together to, especially like my assistant to ride to another place together. And I I think, you know, so I had to email her back and ask, I asked Bridget, I said, should I just tell her or should I just say I have errands to run or whatever? And uh, she said, well, you should just, you know, you got to just tell her. So I did, but I felt really stupid trying to write that email like, Hey, no big deal, but I don't ride with girls in cars. I mean, it's just, it sounds terrible. Well, here's the thing. That's got to be a bummer, you know. No, here's the thing, and I and I think especially since you mentioned her name on the air, she shouldn't feel bad at all. Like it shouldn't be something where she's just like, "Gosh, does does he think I'm going to hit on him?" Yeah, I mean, yeah what it in almost the world? implies that but either that I have sucks. no self control or they're trying. Right, I mean, right. The the thing is though is I mean at, at Seacoast, um, at the church that I work at, a lot of people know that's that's where Toby and I work at. I mean that's that's pretty much a rule. You know, we we try to stay away from legalism as much as we can. But I cannot be in the car um, with with another female um, other than my wife if it's just the two of us. I there's in you know, any and, case and, or in a church related uh, case. I would say ninety. I mean, it's just a rule of thumb, and one of the biggest reasons is then I don't have to make any decisions. Like yeah. I don't have to think. Oh, I wonder if this one. You know, 
First yeah. of all, I could be tempted just like anybody on the face of this world. But secondly, I mean, what if what if I have a girl and she's a first cousin and she's a just a knockout gorgeous girl and someone's like, whoa, look at my pa- I don't know who that girl is. You know, oh, I mean, it's, yeah, so I it's just I don't care as much about other people seeing me. I just think it's a good practice. I don't know. Just that's just the way it was to me. But so many people would really push back on you with that because. Oh, man. Yeah, I agree. I think. Yeah, the, the, I think you're right. though, Matt. It sucks because from, you know, Reba's standpoint, you know, she's just saying, hey, yeah, let's just ride together, you know, save gas, whatever, you know, completely no uh, implications from her asking you that. And then, you know, then you have to go, yeah, sorry. Because what you're saying is either sorry, I don't want to put myself in a compromising position or you in a compromising position, but it's just a ride. So I do, I do think though, what sucks about that, that's probably more on the masculine side, you think? Like, is that what that is? Because I mean, it just I, sounds I chauvinistic or something. It just yeah, sounds like it, it can only bad. be. I just feel bad for girls because it can only be. They must encounter that so much to where it's like, oh, I'm left out because I'm a girl, but I'm trying to. I'm just normal. I mean, I'm, what what did I do? You know, and I right. think, and they say that with their jobs and they earn less mm-hmm. on the thing. But like Bridget, a lady at her work just got hired. She's a lawyer, like a big time, gets paid hundreds of thousands a year. Lawyer just got hired, and is pregnant instantly. <laughs> like she is pregnant when she is hired and so she doesn't say that in the interview or whatever so as soon as she comes to work on the job nice to meet you uh thank you for the position all right by the way i'm pregnant i'll be out of here in seven months from now i'm gonna i'm leaving for a couple of months you know what i mean like that yeah that stinks like yeah you know that and so there's prejudice against women and they have to encounter all these things uh, and it, i think it really stinks but also in both scenarios the reality of it is that's real. That's a real thing that that that, that happens. And, um, you know, I, I really don't want to ride in the car with a girl by myself. I, so for whatever, if that makes me bad, it's true, though. So I don't know. What yeah. To tell yeah. But from the bad. from the female standpoint, like, for example, if a if a female was trying to get a job uh, or move up in a company or something and you were the boss, that means the guy would always get to ride with you. But she wouldn't. Right. And so so that's that'd bad. be like, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah it sucks because, I mean, it just. Because even though you're trying to do the right thing on some level, it kind of sucks because you're like, well, it's, it is, I guess, potentially some type of sexism, but for the right reasons, it's not like you, you, you know, you're not trying to say anything bad about her or anything. It's not even that. I mean, in fact, you might even be saying bad stuff about yourself, but that's right. Uh, but it's just still feels, what's the word, Joey? You would use icky. Yeah. Icky, Yucky. Yeah. It doesn't feel but, good. Yeah. I, um. I don't know. I, I've read some really sad stories. Like the one that I read, it really is good. And it's just so yucky feeling. Like there's a story of a youth pastor that basically routinely took a girl home uh, from youth group. And basically the first step was he made a sexual joke. She laughed and it was not uncomfortable. Second, you know, this is over the course of months and months and months of riding together. Next thing you know, it leads to him saying something like, I, I dare you, you, you would never take your shirt off in this car. She takes her shirt off and they start making out and he has sex with a girl in youth group. I mean, wow. it's just like, golly. And you know that he didn't set out to do that. Um, I don't know. That, that stuff just makes me feel very yucky inside. No, I'm sure. I mean, that's that's the thing. It's just they're always going to do the wrong thing given enough time and and whatever they just do. I mean, I think same with Christian, non-Christian bosses, secretaries, assistants, people you give rides home to, everything. I think it just goes back to what I've said many times, and I know this makes me sound like a jerk, but if you want to really be safe and be real in the real world, then you must 
not give people the benefit of the doubt. I don't see why I don't see why that's good policy to give people the benefit of the doubt. I I think you don't do that, and you also do not consider uh, it a value whether somebody is nice or not. Like that doesn't that doesn't. I'm serious. That doesn't get you anywhere with me. I'm not get. I don't give the benefit of the doubt, and I don't value if you're nice or not. It's not positive or negative, is what I'm saying. So that's. I think that's the way you have to look at people if you want to uh, be in reality. Don't yeah. you think? Yeah. yeah. So I don't know all this uh, giving people the benefit of the doubt thing is like that's a I think that's a weird thing and it makes sense to me at all. Yeah, I've yeah. never done that and I never will. No, I'll, I'll never. Get, <laughs> I mean, because why don't you just prove it then? You know, or just I mean, I don't know. I don't see why you would say oh because it's just too easy to go. You know what? That's Pastor so and so. I'm sure his intentions are good. Why would you ever say that? Yeah, yeah. I agree. I mean, why can't well, I think we should all start where where we actually are is sinful, right? I mean, on some. Some sin is going to get you no matter what. So why can't you start there and go, okay, this person's a human. They make mistakes. All right. But I mean, why, why do we start with, oh, man, that's a, such a good person. Oh, I can't believe he cheated on his wife. Or oh, he's a serial killer. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> anyway, speaking of serial killers, I've been listening to an awesome new podcast about serial killers. I can't remember the name of it. but uh, wow. it, That might it contribute is. to your fear of the dark, buddy. It yeah. might. It might. But it's really neat. Like it talks about all these different killers and uh the one I'm listening to now, I think, is is uh, about Fred West. I don't know if y'all ever heard of him, but he was a killer. And back, uh, he was born like in the early nineteen, well, like ni- mid nineteen hundreds, early to mid nineteen hundreds, and is just killing people. But uh, I, I I told some some guys awesome, in our man, that sounds badass. I, I told some guys in our band about like I, I actually said. You know, maybe I would be a serial killer if it wasn't for Jesus. I remember you sure. told me that you were just like <laughs> I think the same like, thing. I think well, I would be too. Look at like gangster movies and stuff like that, and you're like, oh, that'd be kind of cool. I, yeah, I do yeah. not relate to that at all. I, well, I completely I mean, identify, Toby. This that podcast is called Serial Killers Podcast. In case you guys want to check it out, it's pretty interesting. But I just think I love the way, like, uh, no, hold on, let me rephrase that. I don't love it. It's very interesting to me how serial killers' brains work. I uh, speaking of killing things, I I put this on our Bad Christian Facebook, so a lot of people saw this already. But Matt, I don't know if you. Uh, caught it or not but i was at a, uh, me- a car mechanic shop and uh a lady actually walked in she was in her 90s at least and she was very che- cheery about it she wasn't mad she wasn't i hate the world sort of thing but she was dead serious and she said i just missed the horse and buggy days i knew how to take care of horses and when it broke you just shot it and got a new one and she was dead serious <laughs> you i was know what? like I think that, I mean, honestly, I, like I said, don't give people the benefit of the doubt. I think that's just something. I think that lady is just putting on a show. I really believe that. <laughs> <laughs> I think she just had that. Like, she just knows she can get away with it being old. And people, I think she knew you'd have that reaction. And she kind of just had that ready to go. She probably says that all the time just to get a laugh. Or yeah, get some I attention. can see that. It's kind of <laughs> like me and Toby's uh, YouTube videos. Um, if you haven't checked out and subscribed to uh, Bad Christian uh, YouTube, you need to do that because weekly we're putting out uh, what everybody else says is pretty dang funny. So I love it. I think yeah. it's just awesome. I almost wish you would separate it from the news update or get the news update out of the way faster so you yeah, get to here, the little skit. Well, well, here we'll let everybody into our brainstorming. Here's what I want to do is I want to just start with the skit and then with the extra, well, then with the outro music, we just have a uh, text that pops up saying, this week's podcast guest is such and such. This blog post is boom, and then well, just anything else, and then it lasts maybe thirty seconds. Just three things that pop up. Um, speaking of our our podcast and all the things that we're doing, um, we get criticism a lot. 
Did y'all uh, know that? Did y'all know knows? we get Christmas? Not me. I, I haven't seen any. Well, we got an email. Uh, for the listeners, I wanted to kind of read his email a little bit. Uh, I wonder if he cares if I say his name. Uh, don't say it. Okay, I, I don't I don't want to embarrass him. I would just say it like cause his name could get on the podcast. But um, he's a nice guy. Can I, I can say his first name, so he'll know. He'll know when you read his email. <laughs> that, yeah, that's true. Okay. So th- he wrote us an email that said, Active Criticism. He said, first of all, I want you to know that I absolutely love what you guys stand for. Your blog posts and your podcast can definitely – be very inspirational. He said, I listen to Fat Christian Great Savior because I feel the realness uh, is what all Christians need to understand in life, to seek, and to uh, not be so stuck up and stressed out. Um, your first few episodes of your podcast were amazing. It was very theological and inspiring. But recently, things have gone oh, downhill. No. Here it After comes. finishing episode 11, uh, a trend was very apparent. Your inspiration and deep talks have declined, and your comical opinions wasted time, silly comments, and lack of direction have increased. Don't get me wrong. Your podcast is still very entertaining, (laughs) but I'm not listening to you guys to hear about worldly news. In parentheses, the Terry Polo thing was just stupid and unnecessary. (laughs) (laughs) He's smashing on my news segment. News segment. It's news with Toby. I mean, I don't understand. He said sports or entertainment. There are other podcasts for that. I listen to you guys to grow and to be inspired. Get back to your roots. Quit being a bunch of friends, having a conversation about nothing, and, <laughs> That's and gossiping about other pastors or people. You are causing people to stumble by justifying your sin with a popular podcast and Ouch. your status. You by know what's you, funny? Oh, go, keep, I thought you were done. No, go ahead. I think what's funny about that is almost everything he said, including the criticism, I take as like compliments. Man. Yeah, he I, nailed I think it. That's, that's, that's what exactly what we're trying to do. Yeah. We're trying to be friends, just hanging out. Yeah, he said, "Stop it, <laughs> knock that off, teach me, show me, inspire me." I don't know. I think that's funny. Uh, you know what? What I want to say is that that is weird because they people's criticism obviously conflict each other, and the weirdest thing about it is how in the world would anybody else can anybody deal with? actual advice and criticism and directions on what you should do from a complete stranger. Like yeah. how like I'm not I'm not being mean about that. I understand why people give us comments and stuff like that, but how is it that you would know to take or not take criticism or advice from somebody that is literally a complete stranger? Like right. on the street if somebody says, "Hey, here's what you need to do." Or you know, at your job, then how could you even ever listen to that? Like what in what world would you would you well, what's crazy too is he's basically saying he's basically saying this is an essential moral issue that you guys need to know. Otherwise, he wouldn't bother. I mean, come on. He, well, uh, he I'm really saying feels- I think his criticism might be valid. Like he might be right, but how how would you interpret that from somebody you've never met, have no, doesn't know you, and you right? Don't know that's them? what I that's what I think. I agree with you. I think some of the things he's saying are true, and and I actually appreciate him bringing up that he likes the theological side of our podcast and all that stuff. But I just. I think you're right. Like it, he even tries to end it with, I hope you take this as active criticism and not some guy just ranting. I am usually the guy that sits back and doesn't care. And I hate putting my opinion if it does, if I don't have to, putting in my opinion if I don't have to. But in this situation, I felt I had to speak up. <laughs> and he said, maybe you can all go back and re-listen to all one through 11 of your podcasts and hear what I hear. I think the guy's being nice. And I think he yeah, actually, what, he, what he's saying is he really likes our podcast in the beginning. And now he thinks we're being too yeah. entertaining. But... Man, we're just three buds hanging out yeah. too, so we we have to have entertainment, yeah. Or else I'd be bored. If y'all were just talking about theological stuff only and not like cutting up and acting crazy, I would quit because I'd yeah. lose my mind. I agree with you though. I do. Uh, I, I, let's publicly thank him for taking the time because he really did 
believe in what he said and wanted us to recognize that. So thank you. No, I think the format should just be different. It should be, hey, these are my thoughts. I really like what you do. Take you it know, or leave the, it. Take it or leave it. I think it's just the attitude. I mean, I just don't understand the presupposition that you should listen to me. Like, where does that part come from? Yeah, and the only thing that I didn't like was don't take this the wrong way, and I love it, and I support you guys, but then he uses words like stupid and yeah. just plain silly and a waste of time. And that that's if, if you're, the good, you know. But. The good thing that y'all pointed out, though, that I think is really awesome, and that's why uh, this is cool, is that that's what we're trying to go for. With us, you know where we stand. Even if we're being dumb, you can actually bring that to our attention. All right. And all the times that people say we're being crazy or stuff is when we're calling out Christians that you can't do that to. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that. Like that's what I mean. Our life is pretty much is uh, we we try to live it out there open, the good, the bad, and the ugly as as much as we can. We don't do the best job at that, but I I just think it's neat that people actually can go, hey, listen, you guys are Christians and you're doing so good, but this, this, and this, because you get to see that. And that's what real life is. You, it, real life is everybody does really dumb mistakes or says crazy things that you disagree with. And that's that's okay because we're going to do that all the time. Yeah. I mean, you're, you are going to mess up. So we appreciate the criticism and also hope that he understands that we can't necessarily take all of it uh, and change it for him. Yeah. Yeah. We and so, yeah, we're always talking about that and stuff. So I'll, I'll go right now and just go ahead and give an example. We talk about – we. I'm afraid sometimes we talk more about living open and stuff than we actually do it. And uh, especially when we had Seth on episode 11, I just thought that was so, so cool that he has shared more on this podcast typically than we do. Like, I thought that was super awesome. So I'll go ahead and give one right now, just throw it out there, no agenda on it or anything like that, but out of the blue. But uh, I deleted Twitter off of my phone because I couldn't stop looking at pornographic stuff on it, on ac- not, not on accident. But So yeah. I haven't had Twitter on my phone in, you know, like, two two or three weeks or something like that so that's where i'm at it was funny because i was at the grocery store yesterday with bridget and she saw that y'all tweeted that her name from bad christian that we talk about her on the podcast and stuff like that and she said you talk about me on the podcast i said no but um <laughs> she she said i said what is there somebody what how what she said check your twitter they said my name on uh on that i said i don't have twitter on my phone she goes what are you talking about she said I said, I don't have Twitter on my phone. She said, why not? I said, well, I couldn't stop looking at porno on it. I told her in the grocery store. <laughs> Dang, um, <laughs> the why are you laughing? Because I said it full, normal, out loud voice in the grocery store, totally conversational <laughs> in the vegetable aisle. That That's why I didn't have Twitter on my phone, which I tell her whenever I'm messing up or stuff. But I haven't, I hadn't mentioned that. I just, you know, kind of on a whim thought, well, I got to take this Twitter off because it's just... You know, I just don't, I, I can avoid this. So I, I use it on my computer and I still am active on Twitter in some ways, but I don't have it on my phone. So it's just that easy. It's just one thing to take out. So that's where I'm at. Yeah. Well, let me, let me, I'll, I'll go second. Uh, sometimes, sometimes I struggle with a little bit of pride. Go ahead, Toby. Your turn. Oh, I'll have to say something too. <laughs> no, you know, I just wanted to throw that in just because I want to. I just want to keep it out there, whatever it is. So, hey, if, listen you know. to a listen to a new phenomenon that started, and you guys don't see this stuff. Well, no, Toby, actually, you read a lot of the emails, but I, I'm starting to find that, and I really want to. Uh, I don't want anybody to take this the wrong way because we really do respect and honor people's stories. And there's even somebody from our church that sent me something, and I really was intrigued. And I'm going to have uh, coffee with them uh, here coming soon. But I'm starting to notice that some people are basically trying to paint their life in the most miserable, I'm the worst person ever sort of way to get on the podcast. And I thought to myself, I thought to myself, I think we may be the only 
it, you call us a ministry, an organization, whatever you want to call us, but we're the only Christian organization where people write us to tell us how horrible they are <laughs> to try to to try to, to get try ahead to be with us <laughs> i want to hang out with you guys i think you could really use me check out my shit list yeah. here. <laughs> and and i don't i don't know if that's a good thing i don't know either yeah we don't want to cultivate the culture of trying to show out <laughs> yeah pretty soon it'll be like when when have you been like an alcoholic and and sleeping with a married lady I just did it this week <laughs> just so they can get on the podcast. <laughs> All right, let's take a break here, and we'll be back in just one second with Mark Solomon. People ask me all the time. They say, Matt, what kind of guitars do you play? And I, I've, I've played lots of guitars over the years, but right now the guitars that I'm playing, the guitars that I'm using on our new album are called Cero Guitars. They're serroguitars.net, S-C-E-R-O guitars.net. They make vintage-inspired instruments and replicas of some classic guitars. I love the stuff they make. I use them. They look incredible, and they sound even better. Go to their website. Check them out. Their owner's name is Lewis. He's super cool. Send him an email. Order a guitar from him. Tell him that Matt... Carter from Emory and Bad Christian sent you, and you'll get 10% off. He'll make you a custom instrument, or you can buy one that he already has on his website. I love these guitars, and I'll be playing one next time you see me. SaroGuitars.net. <laughs> and we're back. What the hell are you playing? I just threw up on myself. Mark, we're just now trying to get our podcast up to speed where we do, you know, high, produ- <laughs> high production level stuff. So we thought that'd be a nice touch. And we actually want to, yeah, we want to introduce you with the, <laughs> one of the more cred bands out there. So, <laughs> Well, we are back with uh, today's episode and it is safe to say we are here with uh, one of the uh, most important pioneers of punk and hardcore music with a gospel-centered message. Super gifted singer and songwriter. Most of you know him as the Crucified Stavesaker, Outer Circle, Neon Horse, writer of the book Simplicity, and just a super cool guy, Mark Solomon. Let me ask you this. Um, in, in your book, uh, you said, uh, which which I just find it pretty fascinating, it says that... Uh, the Christian market is not a market at all. It's people. It's primarily made up of God's people, and a group of individuals are making a living off of those people. They determine mm-hmm. what is acceptable Christian living. They tell us what God wants, usually based on what the majority of people think, and then they market it, package it, and sell it at a premium. They even make a profit off of pointing out the Christians that are not living up to their market standards. Did you? I mean, is this written from a perspective of getting burnt? Well, um, when the crucified finally did form and all of us got together through high school and all that stuff, and we started playing shows, it was a hundred percent out of the desire to play music that we'd never heard before. That's the only reason why we were doing it really. Yeah. You know, yes, we are Christians and yes, we were in evangelical Christian churches and we're taught, you know, preaching from the stage as from the day we had become Christians, I became a Christian shortly after we moved out to the country, all that. Anyway, uh, so you go into that band with no one watching out for you. 
and thinking that this is what you just do. Yeah. And then 20 years down the road, 15 years down the road, you realize I, this is bullshit. I mean, I'm sorry, but it's, this is, this is not real. Yeah. I've been in this stuff, um, all this time and I should have known better because you know, it wasn't any one individual person, although there were definitely some individual people who impacted the way I feel about the Christian music industry. Yeah. But, um, I think that, uh, you know, you just don't, you don't go in with your, with your eyes open. You, as is the, usually the case with kids, you know, you just want to play some jams and you want people to like your band. It's, you know, and so, and honestly, it's easier in the Christian world just to get started and people kind of will support you early on. And, and you don't you don't see as clearly what the implications of that are. Yeah. So well, here you are. Oh, go ahead. It's true, because well, I just want to say like back then, you know, everybody says that, you know, it's easier to get started in the Christian. There's a reason for that, man. It was not it wasn't for lack of trying. I mean, Crucified tried to play shows all the time. Yeah. We worked our tails off every time there was a show in town. We would try to do anything we could to be on it. No one would let us. It wasn't, you guys suck. We don't want you playing on our show. The fact was, they didn't want us on the show because we were Christians. And we knew that. So it wasn't like we were like, oh, we're not good enough. We'll go do the Christian rock thing. We just wanted to put a record out and didn't know how to do it. And they were the only people who wanted to. So that's how you find yourself there. You wake up one day and you realize, oh, damn it. I've been doing this wrong. Should have yeah. done it myself, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So um, at some point in your book, you you talked about uh, being super young, super young in your faith, and uh, sleeping with a married woman, um, mm. like keeping that secret. And I don't know how long you did keep that a secret. Do you think that was motivated by you being like, man, these kids think I'm a badass crook and I need to keep my rep? Um, no, not, not, not directly. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I lived this sheltered life, man, for all these years. And uh, and honestly, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm not the guy to ask, but I don't know how good looking you guys are. And <laughs> for me, I, I never thought anyone, any girls would like me, quite frankly. You know, I didn't have a girlfriend for more than a couple days at a time all through high school. So like, you know, and I was the weird kid who was always talking to himself because I was singing all the bands because, you know, I listen to music and I'm singing the songs all day long. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. But he's just that he's crazy. He's walking around talking to himself. No, man, I'm just I'm just jamming. And uh, I just never had a girlfriend. So I get out of there and then Crucified starts playing shows and weird things are happening at shows, man. I mean, it didn't matter where you were playing. I have been fondled in ways from the stage. I never <laughs> knew a human being was capable of doing. And, you know, it's it was surprising, to be honest. It was surprising to me to get that kind of, uh, any kind of attention from a female. And so you add into that this newfound freedom of just moving out of your house, you know? I mean, yeah. I've, I'm, I'm on my own. I'm a 21-year-old kid. Um, I don't know shit about the world I live in. You know, and meanwhile, you're the the lead singer of a band called Crucified, a Christian band full of heroes for Christ. Right. But 
But because those two worlds were so completely separate, you know, people knew I was in a band, but they didn't know that I was in the crucified. There was nothing attached to that. Keep in mind, this is, we haven't done anything yet. No one's ever really seen us or heard of us. I'm just one of another, uh, you know, some other kid in a band. But so it was a combination of that and just my own, dude, you know, hormones and whatever and, and no no one around me teaching me how to truly resist the flesh. I mean, yeah. you know, I've talked about this many times, you know, Colossians. I just, I, I believe it's Colossians 2, you know, uh, do not taste, do not touch, do not handle, considering things which perish with the use. Uh, this has the appearance of godliness. I'm just, this is off of the top of my head. It's probably inaccurate. It has the appearance of godliness, but in the end is of no value against the desires of the flesh. Like, that's the kind of Christianity I was taught. Don't do this. Yeah. Don't do that. Right, right. Walk this way. Go around this corner. Stay on this side of the street. <laughs> and it seems like you're doing everything right. But the truth is, is you're not fighting the flesh at all. And yeah. you're now suddenly discovering, hey, the, the girls notice I'm alive. This is weird. You know? Yeah. So yeah, I didn't awesome. say anything about that stuff. Like me and the, the, the it wasn't like this long relationship with this girl it was it was just how it was actually how i lost my virginity this girl yeah. completely came on to me while i was at working at a hotel and you know seduced me in the cafeteria or something weird and i you know but that's them man that's how they do it that's yeah. how the world lives their life to her she was unhappy in her marriage and saw nothing wrong with it right. me i'm like oh my gosh i can't believe it. you know it's just yeah <laughs> it was it was crazy and it was of course flattering and it's an ego deal but you know more than anything it was just like i don't know what to do with these things i don't know what to do with this kind of thought and again because of the the shelter yeah the sheltered way that you were brought up just told you to do all these rules but didn't prepare you at all how to deal when anything really came along you can tell your kid all day long not to do this not to watch this not to sing this or hear this or eat that or taste that but if a, a good-looking chick walks up to you and says, hey, why don't you come over to my house later, you're doomed if you don't yeah. have anything better than that. You know? Yeah, you you're right. got to have more than that. So yeah. what do you struggle with now? I mean, like, here you are. Oh, shit, let's just get into it, man. <laughs> um, honestly, right now, I struggle with a much, I think, it's a much more challenging issue, which is, uh, is my faith even real? And I'm not talking about, do I believe, blah, blah, blah. That bores me, man. I mean, honestly, I've gone through that whole thing a million times. Everybody believes something. Everybody puts faith in something. It's just convenient and hilarious to tell Christians they're stupid for believing in fairy tales or whatever. You know, how many comedians have, that's their punchline. Tons of bits. Oh, gosh, it's so great. You know, these Christians are such idiots. You know, like, dude. You're you're shooting fish in a barrel right now. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, the thing I struggle with is is something that those dudes will never talk about, which is actual applied Christianity. And I mean like, okay, I can spend my time doing this or doing that, or I can actually go visit my elderly grandmother. I can take food to these people. I can take care of this person who needs some help. I can send money to somebody who needs some, you know what I mean? Like, like dude, the stuff we were supposed to be doing forever. 
Yeah. You know, I, I heard this, my wife played me this live uh, YouTube video of Francis Chan. I don't know if you guys are familiar with him. Yeah. 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 That thing cut me to the quick, man. And then we started reading like Shane Claiborne and, and uh, David Platt. And all of a sudden I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm a fraud, you know? Yeah. Yeah, see, I, 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 I'm honestly in a similar season of struggle, and I, I have read. I, Chan's one of my heroes. I mean, I love the guy, but I, I, his most recent book that I read, it's borderline uh, works-based salvation. Just to the, and I, I, I know if you asked him, hey, how does somebody get saved? He would say, you know, through Jesus's grace. But there's some things I'm just like, ah, you got to be careful. Like, I think there was an insinuation. Um, it was either in his book or maybe Jen Hatmaker, which is kind of a female version of, of Francis Chan, but basically said something along the lines of, yeah, Jesus said these people are the goats and these people are the sheep. The sheep are the ones helping people. So maybe if you're not helping people, you're not even a Christian. That's like, oh, oh, just, you know, be careful well, I'll there. I'll tell you, man, yeah. I mean, Stazaker had a song on uh, on the How to Live with a Curse, which is like our f- last full-length record at wrote this song called fear and love. And it is exactly about that though, man. Like, okay, sure. Maybe this dude is bordering on, uh, I I haven't heard or read the book that you're talking about. Um, but you know, I don't know. But what I do know is, is that I am called and, and, and am convicted. Forget what anybody else says. It convicts me. If I'm being honest, convicts me to the quick that, I don't do enough to live out my faith, you know? Yeah. And that's the ironic thing of it all is I love the battle. I love the debate. I love the argument. I mean, I'm a bartender. I have these debates all the time, man. These people are so condescending to me because I'm a Christian. It's, you know, I I hear it all the time. But uh, the one thing that none of those people can say anything about is doing it. Getting off your butt, going outside of your zone and helping someone who otherwise is not being helped. You will never, ever hear those guys calling out anyone who does that. I mean, honestly, how easy is it to blast on, uh, you know, the televangelists of the world or whoever the current, you know, target is, the current easy target? You know, even the crazy ones, you could blast on the Westboro Baptist Church. I do. You know, I get right. it. But that's not really very hard. Yeah, let's probably- see. Let's see you. Uh, I want to see a debate between a condescending atheist proudly claiming their atheism and uh, Francis Chan or yeah. Dave Claiborne. You know what, though? Or Shane Claiborne. You know what? They probably wouldn't do it, though, because they seriously don't care. <laughs> that's powerful man i mean that's powerful that's 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 knowing your stuff as opposed to talking it and and for me there's my struggle man i feel like a fraud most of the time now do you um feeling like a fraud do you feel like that's more like you keep using the word conviction i mean do you think some of that is blurred with condemnation or or could would you say no "No, i'm I'm, yeah good i don't feel condemned at all man i still feel 100 percent saved by grace and very thankful and very blessed and all those things. But okay. We've been talking about bill power and, 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 um, and burrito bill and, and, and my buddy, Mike Lewis, I don't know if you guys have ever talked to yeah, Mike. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Bill and Mike went to Haiti a few years ago, Africa a few years ago. And now Mike's been going to Haiti pretty regularly. Bill came back from Africa and said, you have to go, man. It'll change your, it'll change your mind. You, you will yeah. never see the world the same. And to me, I, I, I personally, I, I get that and I should do that. Maybe, you know, I think what I, what I really need to do though, what is a bug that I just can't shake is I, I have, there are people in this country right here. I don't need to go far at all, man. I go right down the street and see those people sitting out in front of that place who have bottomed out. What am I doing for them? Why don't I start there and just see what happens? I'm pretty convinced that wherever I start, it is never going to end. So that's, that's conviction, man. When you, re- yeah. when you, when you step back away from that, that's not condemnation. That's me going, eh, I just know, I just mostly want to play video games. You know what I think is interesting about that, Mark, is as soon as you're talking the way you talk and saying this and that or whatever, I think we have a lot of Christians probably listening that are trying to say, yeah, but I mean, look at scripture and look at this and this says this and they're trying to argue and uh, stuff like that and, or say that you, you don't have it right or you're missing the point. But the, the, the odd thing to me is there's no reason for you to, uh, to be a Christian other than, than you just are. Like when you talk about conviction, that sounds the most real to me as possible because you're like, I don't even do it. I'm not sure if I'm what I'm getting right. Or, you know, you can't doubt whether you're a Christian or not because you feel it. Like conviction is just a real thing. And you don't, you're not worried about what the way other people say or nitpicking like, well, you shouldn't feel this or this way or that way. You're just saying, you know, like that, that type of conviction is just as, as real as it gets, you know? So I think yeah. I, I respect that a lot. Yeah. And, and also if it's not conviction, then there's, there's no stopping with legalism. That's why I'm so encouraged to hear what you're saying because you, you are sold on your conviction. I mean, you know, let's just say someone set, tr- tries to make like a, uh, a moral issue out of the fact that no Christian has any business having like a gigantic TV in their house. Well, what if the Holy Spirit actually, leads them to have a huge TV so they can have huge Super Bowl parties and huge bowl game parties. And, you know, they really are seeking the spirit. So it's one of those things to where if if you were uh, in bondage to legalism and, and running after, you know, these checkoff lists, it would never end. And you'd be following that and not the Holy Spirit. So, yeah, I think you could also go a different way with that. Let's hear you it. could say, hey, who's to say? the Holy spirit isn't leading me to become a billionaire buy a giant mansion, have everybody come over and stay all the time, get all the healthcare they need, all the food they need, take a swim when they're hot. I mean, you know what I mean? It's, I would love it if God called me to that challenging life. (laughs) (laughs) I think, yeah, I think I agree with Mark on that, Joey, that, I mean, you got to look at human bias, like which one is more likely to be, you know, like your bias feeding into it. Like, yeah, I mean, we have people over the Super Bowl because I mean, that's how God's using me to bless others. I'm not saying anything wrong with that, man. All I'm saying is for, for my conviction, I defy somebody to find where the Bible says Christians shouldn't be helping those who are sick and in need. There's no way. I think, yeah, I yeah. think we're all, I think we're all in agreement, honestly, but, but I would say that, uh, the danger in, uh, in it in helping uh, other people as well is going, man, this week I helped 17 people, man, I'm really a Christian now that, you know what I mean? Regard if you don't help those, if you don't help those 17 people, Jesus loves you exactly the same. Now, I, I, I mean, I, I really believe that. I, I mean, 
I think Jesus does the work in us. So kind of like Matt was saying, I think the reason you feel convicted is Jesus. I think the reason you want to help people is Jesus. I think me, me, me personally, when I see those people, if there was no Jesus, if there is no God, then I'm like, I want to get mine. They're they're not getting there. So, and there is people that want to help people not for Jesus. And and also there's a there's way more times you don't help people than you do. So that 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 mm-hmm. condemn you don't want to ever get tricked into yeah. condemnation of well, I mean, oh man I'm not but I agree I think if you're not helping people or not at least even the idea of at least being convicted like man I need to do something and then allowing Jesus to change you and do something then that is the real answer right there oh man I'm being changed to be more like Jesus and less like myself all I'm saying is is do what the Bible says man we are there's no debating as to whether or not you're supposed to help people in need so you just help them start there right. oh I agree. Worry about whatever you're going to have to lose or get. I'm even, I can't even think about it anymore. I honestly don't, I don't, my brain can barely handle what I have to think about as it is. I know what you mean. So Mark, how do you feel about the Christian music business today? Is that something you just totally hate or you have some, Mm. you don't have no involvement in music these days or what? Well, I mean, I have a new record coming out in uh, this year at some point, but I don't, uh, I still love making music. But I will never, ever have anything to do with an industry of any kind. And it has, you know, it's very easy for me to say that because I'm, a, you know, I'm an old dude that no one wants to see in a rock and roll band anymore. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, so how do you avoid all that? How do you have nothing to do with such an industry? What you, you just don't do? do it. It was what we should have done from the very beginning. Put your record what? out. If 500 people buy your demo and that's all who bought it in 1986 or 85 or 84 or whatever, the 500 people that bought my demo tape from our show that we played, we earned those fans. Those That's are right. real fans that love what we do. And it did it come as it didn't come from anything other than them liking our music. And we did the same exact thing at multiple shows. It wasn't until we got this BS idea, the pipe dream about some record label blowing us up, you know. It just didn't it's different maybe because it didn't work out that way for us. But, you know, in my opinion, time tells all tales, man. You know, you, there was a, there was a minute there where, where the Stavesacre was selling, we were on Tooth and Nail. I think our last record for Tooth and Nail, which was Speakeasy, which arguably is, you know, one of our better releases ever, probably one of the best things I've ever done. Um, that album, and I'm only going to be estimating. I'm trying to be accurate. Sold anywhere between thirty-five to forty thousand units. Okay. I sincerely believe that a lot of that came from people just being at our show. Oh, they played. Yeah, I guess I'll buy that. How much of it is really real? Is really what I'm saying. So, you know, let me give you an example about that specific to Stave Sacred. I think the first time I ever heard of you guys, and this is the exact kind of fans who you would say were fluff, and you should have never taken them in the first place. But my friend, I had a really uh, friend with a really conservative Christian family that you know would only let you listen to certain music, and mm-hmm. they had this magazine. I don't know what it's called, and it said, "This is how you get your kids, you know, to listen to the right kind of music. If they like this band." secular band they should listen to this christian band and this one said if because they 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 said well let's look matt look at this they said this one says if you like tool then you Uh should instead listen to stave saker that was the uh that was the uh so you had to get a lot of sales from that uh the r-i-r-i-y-l recommended if you like 
That's yeah. underneath all that stuff. You know the so thing you is, you got a lot man, of sales from that, just from people, tool fans that were Christian. You know whatever. And not, <laughs> maybe I think what I got more sales off of though, seriously, were uh, it's Wednesday night at the youth group. Mm-hmm. Um, these people are dropping their kids off. They drop them off with twenty bucks in their pocket and say, "You can get yourself a shirt and a, and a record if you like it." And the kids are like, "Okay," and they just buy it. I mean, seriously, I don't know how many of the people at those shows. We're really there to see Staves Acre. They're yeah. So would you say that's there. useless? Like you don't want that? You sh- a band? Any band shouldn't even want that. that I would say it's money? useless. I would say it's it's uh, can be extremely deceptive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you well, that, well, that who you think you are, man. That that same thing happened to us when we first started. Uh, we you know we were playing local shows and then we got on a church tour down the West Coast and it felt so because you're exactly right parents go oh church it's safe here's 20 bucks do whatever you want i don't have to worry about you you know you're not gonna there's oh, not yeah. gonna be sm- smoking or drinking or cussing there and so and I, I remember we played five shows and i never felt more low in my spirit ever and we had a huge conversation we're like we will not do this we just can't and so we just started playing clubs because it at least felt more real that people were there to hear a band and support a band rather than oh i don't care i just get to be here with my friends and my parents gave me Youth some dope mosh pit Yep. Yeah. Yep, oh, exactly. Yeah, well, well I know. can I can I can speak on behalf of a uh you know, Toby and Matt didn't grow up with in the Christian music scene, you know, all these, you know, Rez and Ramold Domkis, all these I know exactly what you're talking about. And I can thank you on behalf of a family that was not allowed to listen to anything but Christian music, that when we discovered the crucified, it was like the best thing ever. In fact, <laughs> uh my brother my brother and I, we were at a show in Myrtle Beach that was Stave Saker and Roadside Monument, which I thought was the craziest oh, yeah. Com- yeah, craziest combination, even though I enjoyed both. But I just think it's so funny because these guys know my brother. They know how uh, reserved he is. But he is such a big fan of Mark Solomon. He was wearing a button-down short navy blue shirt, like the short sleeves, and it was buttoned down. You happen to be wearing the same exact type of shirt. So in between songs, my brother's like, hey, nice shirt man and you look you look down at shirt like this crazy fan like what in the hell is he talking about and then he has to point to his shirt like like this like this <laughs> so do you enjoy hanging out with uh roadside oh yeah man i mean they were they were nice guys I, we didn't ever really get to know them as well um you know, we had just come off those tour the the two mxpx tours and we got to know those guys really really well yeah. And then we were out with Roadside and it was kind of, you know, it was, there'd be times when it was great. And there'd be times when you felt like these dudes do not want to be here with us. <laughs> MXPX was a great experience for us because they were, they were sweet kids, man. And yeah, they were younger <laughs> than we are, but they're, they were huge and were way more tour savvy than we were. We, we, my my experience on the road was with the crucified, which was very minor. I mean, people yeah. don't realize how many shows we didn't actually play. You know, right? Right. MXPX. <laughs> I mean, they were full on road savvy vets at that point, and they were sixteen, seventeen years old. We're yeah. in our twenties, and they just sort of there's no other way to say it kind of took us under their wings really with, with being out there and, and, uh, and having a unit and having like a, a team behind you. Yeah. So, you know, we, we had come from those two tours and of course MX was also huge. So all the shows were packed. Um, then we go out with roadside and we are not huge and roadside is not huge. And yeah. 
they weren't really super. It just was such a completely different dynamic. You have two two fairly extensive tours with a band who you're sleeping in their van. You guys are going to the movies together. You know what I mean? Like we're doing stuff together. And then we went out with Roadside and it just, you know, I got a feeling honestly like where we weren't cool enough to be dead serious. And, you know, that was what I was saying is that during that time, there was that time where all of a sudden music changed somewhere in that time frame, and um, only the cool, slender, borderline heroin-looking models can do this, you know. And yeah. um, and then, of course, it didn't help that the Creeds and the Nickelbacks of the world took over and yeah. and just drove everyone. And so there we are in the middle, like, well, we're not cool, but I, I think we're good. Like, what are we doing, you know? Yeah. So the roadside time was it was it was. Um, it was challenging. I thought their music was incredible. I used to warm up my vocals to their songs every day. And I still think that like Matt Johnston is, I still occasionally talk to him. He's a great guy. He even went on the road with, with Stavesacre for a, a brief time and filled in with us as a drummer. And I actually had some time later on where John Ford and I um, got to talk and, and uh, sort of kind of cleared the air on some of that stuff. Yeah. You know, some people just aren't like you, you know? Yeah. And, and do you and have that's any connections? Insecurities. So yeah, do you have any connections with Dave Bazan through John Ford? Have you guys ever talked? You know, I only know Dave. Um, I, we've talked a couple times on Twitter, yeah. and I guess he was at one of my early Crucified shows. He was in a band that played with us there. Um, he did play drums on a song or two on one of the Neon Horse records, um, oh, but right. I, I wasn't there, <laughs> so yeah. it kind of happened in a vacuum. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, that's all mostly Martin's connections. I mean, Jason yeah. Martin and I are pretty good friends and we've done those two records now. And we just he produced the new White Lighter record. So it's, you know, we feel I love those records, by the way. Neon Horse is so awesome. It, well, it was really cool, too, is because you, you kind of kept it under wraps. So um, there's only you know, one reason that, for that, that, man. It wasn't we were trying to be mysterious. We just yeah. didn't want anybody to go like this doesn't sound like Stavesacre. Right. This doesn't sound yeah. like Starfire 59. Yeah. What's wrong with that guy? Why is he singing like that? How many, you know, like it just, but it was me and Martin made those records in his garage at his studio at his house and laughed our asses off, honestly. <laughs> and that was pretty much the rule. If you can make Martin laugh while he's sitting at the board, it, I think the part's going to work, you know? <laughs> And then he went and produced the, the new record that's coming out is White Lighter. And I'm doing that with Steve and Dale. Steve worked on the Neon Horse Records um, a little bit here and there and helped with the editing. So White Lighter is me and Steve doing our own thing. So and that's Martin awesome. did the production of the record. But those and guys it, all know their own guys, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, so real quick, um, as we're wrapping this thing up, like how how are you responding to um, the conviction that you were uh, describing earlier? I think that's pretty important mm -hmm. for people to hear. Sure. Uh, my wife and I do a thing once a week. Um, man, it's weird. <laughs> we, we take these meals to elderly people, which, you know, sounds very sweet and stuff, but it can be a little different. You know, yeah. Um, but you know, it's, that's what it is, man. It's it's the sacrifice of your time. Yeah. Um, I currently, we had a church we were going to in Tampa when we moved out here. It's just because of the space and the distance. It's really not been practical. 
So the tithe that we keep aside, you know, we still keep a tithe aside and we just use it for anybody that we find out is in need, you know, uh, yeah. try to send it that way. And then I try to make myself available to the people who are at my job. I mean, I don't, yeah. Yeah. I'm not taking a giant trip to Africa and I'm not going to live in a tent in downtown Philly, but, right. um, there are people that I work with and friends of mine back at home who need help and who need to be loved or need to be listened to, who need to talk your ear off for three hours, you know? Yeah. And I try to make myself available and keep trying to add things on, you know? So, yeah, I think that's, that's awesome. a great point because, I mean, I think so many times we miss the opportunities that are just right in front of our yeah. face. But uh, also, are you uh, associated with any church body now that you're moved to Florida or anything like that? Do you, are you still support uh, like you still feel uh, like you want to go to the local church or, or, you know, building? I mean, I guess. Yeah, well, I loved we were going to Watermark, which is in Tampa. And it's a great church. I mean, it's just like I've never been in a worship service like that before. Um, I don't I have a real hard time, man, with. Yeah. Worship and like the dude up on stage, like, look at me, look at me, look at me. It's just like, dude, worship has nothing to do with you. It has yeah. nothing to do with the band. <laughs> I don't want to hear your solo. I, I'm here to try to turn off the musician part of me. Right. Try not to worry about my pitch or my tone or whatever. And just sing praise to God. And at, yeah. at Watermark, that was like the first time I had a chance to really do that because it's devastatingly loud yeah. and you, people can sing at the top of their lungs and the band is just sort of on the floor. So you can't really, it's just not conducive to a rock show. It's worship yeah. is not a rock show. Yeah. Um, and, and the teaching was great. I mean, uh, Tommy is extremely knowledgeable. I like context. I like, being put in the time that the book was written and inductive study and that. Um, but beyond that, we haven't been there for a while and there's nothing that I've found in, in the town I currently live in um, that I would be able to sit through an entire service of. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah Toby's a worship leader and I have to give him <laughs> props. He does a great job, you know, not, not well, making it about, Well, himself. I agree with you. I mean, just being a musician, you know, and having toured for so long and stuff like that, it is really hard. My, I really, I really do strive. I think you're exactly right. The thing that you said was, uh, the, the worship band should just be the backing band to the congregation yep. singing. That, yep. that, that is the number one thing. Like the, you know, the main vocals, everything about it should be about the congregation and, and the people worshiping. So we really try to minimize what our band is. And, uh, just because otherwise it just, you're right. It seems like a show. And if it's a show, then let's, you know, let's really do charge at the door and, and make it real. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So is uh so is Raiders still God's team? Uh, they always have been. Okay, see what gotcha. The question gotcha. is. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, uh, it's it's this has been the funnest uh, podcast episode for me personally because I feel like I grew up with Mark Solomon and I get to talk to him. <laughs> so now seriously, man, I, I really Come appreciate sit on this my time. Lap, young man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah, but appease my brother. Can you say what's up, Jared? What's up, Jared? What's there up, Jared? You go. And I'm gonna Bam. say. I'm, uh, my buddy Bump, who's I don't know if you guys have ever met him. He was out here in Lakeland. He was the one who told me about you guys. And because I don't I'm really nervous about this kind of stuff, man. I don't yeah. know who I'm going to be talking to. So <laughs> yeah. um, that well, was really awesome. nice. well, we really do appreciate you coming on, man, for sure. And, and tell us the, what the your record again, the name of it and when it might be coming out and all that stuff. 
Uh, the tentative release date is August. The band is called White Lighter. The album is just self-titled. Uh, it's myself and Steve Dale, and then we had a few people come in and do some do some playing. I think some uh, old. I mean, you guys, if you guys are familiar with the early '90s Christian rock stuff, there'll be a couple really nice little surprises on there. Um, Sweet. That's awesome. Yeah. It's, is there going to be a guest appearance from SFC? <laughs> no, <laughs> although I got to get Chris's book. He has a book out. I saw, and I, I have yet to read it. So I would really love to the guy see from it. SFC. Yes, he does. Oh my gosh, that, that is, is worth pretty... reading. I'm sure. Yeah, 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 definitely. Anyhow, well, awesome man. Thank sure. you so much. Thank you. The one and only Mark Solomon, ladies and gentlemen. All right, Toby, you got any news for us today? I thought you were going to play my music. I will. I'm asking you, are you ready for, or do you want to do some news today? You got any good stuff? I have some really good stuff today. All right, let's do the news then. This is News with Toby. I'm Toby Morell with your news tonight. And I'm Joey Svensson. All right, what you got, Toby? Well, the weather is... Hey, you're not Toby. There's no new... We don't do weather, Joey. You're going to have to stay out of it. Let Toby do his thing. <laughs> yeah, dude. Well, you're oh, always wow. infringing. I've never heard Matt say thing. You're always infringing. Uh, well, Matt, I wanted to start today's news with uh, something that you might be interested in. Uh, yeah, I'm all ears. Uh, this this actual article comes from Yahoo.com. <laughs> <laughs> Website's legit. Um, The title is, How Often Do You Really Need to Shower? Ooh. It says people are learning more and more that a lot of uh, soaps and uh, things that they use to clean themselves actually dries your skin out and is not as healthy for your skin. Or a lot of of people are stopping uh, using shampoo. Um, There's a a side article about a lady who quit shampooing her hair, and she said at first it was bad, but after about seven weeks, her hair looks shinier and healthier than it ever has. But this article says, uh, you know, most people feel a little awkward about uh, telling people that they don't shower. But as far as being actually physically dirty, most of us who don't work outside or aren't otherwise involved in daily work uh, really don't get covered in dirt or grease and probably don't get any real dirt on themselves at all. So showering less could potentially be healthier for your body in a sense of your skin. Your your skin has natural bacteria and enzymes and stuff that help uh, keep away sickness and things like that. So people that have showered less have, have uh, noticed that their eczema got less and uh, their skin is actually healthier. All right. Here's the thing that people don't get. First of all, yeah, shampoo, soap, all that's marketing stuff. So, yeah, we know that. But here's the problem. If you if your standard of cleanliness is I just got out of the shower and that's clean and anything else is dirty, well, then then you'll never be clean. So there's never a time you'll be clean except for 45 minutes after you got out of the shower. Now, way I look at it is everybody has an equilibrium of when of when they're comfortable or when they're clean or when, when that is. So let's 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 do a little experiment this way. Let's say you were uh, hadn't showered in two days. And then after two days, you, you fell in, in a mud puddle and got covered in mud head to toe. So you're covered in mud from head to toe. So then at that point, you would certainly say you were dirty. I would agree, and everybody would agree you're dirty. Now, right. if you don't take a shower, you're covered in mud, right? And, and you don't take a shower for another three days, will you be cleaner or dirtier in three days? And the answer is you will be cleaner. You'll have less mud and dirt on you than you did after you rolled in the mud puddle, even if you don't take a shower, right? Okay. Just your natural body sweat or just 
walking around, yes. the dirt you, will fall off. Yes, it will fall off, it will rub off, and you will begin to become cleaner, even though the distance from your shower is longer. Hey, I think it's a good point. So there's an equilibrium that a human has. Like, I'm, I'm sure if you never took a shower ever, you could have things grow or bacteria or weird stuff. But if you were just a naked person and you didn't wear clothes and you just lived, you would be a certain level of what people would consider dirty, but it would actually be a human's natural equilibrium. And that's what you'd be at. So there's no reason to think that it should be after a 24-hour period. Otherwise, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. Now, so, here's where I think your theory breaks down. And I'm not trying to make fun of anybody. Uh, you know, Joey, this isn't about you. I know Joey's butt looks like two pigs <laughs> fighting over a milk, <laughs> a milk dud. But, but a very large person, I, I think, Matt, that uh, potentially – dirt and stuff could get trapped between their fat rolls is that the problem yeah i think so just because i I can solve that part don't have fat rolls well some people say they can't help it they might have to wash wait wait wait, wait, wait. time out there's been people that have expressed how these sorts of joy uh, what do you do for the (laughs) (laughs) joy how do you clean yourself there has been people who have expressed how this is hurtful i don't know why we keep doing this like mocking fat people. I'm not mocking fat people. Yes, so you, you have are. to clean between your fat rolls. You are mocking. Otherwise, if you, first if you, of all, don't have fat rolls. Well, try well, not I, to. How about that? I am fat, so I think I should get to say whatever I want. I, it doesn't. It doesn't own me. I own it. Yeah. So, so I'm saying, in in reality, you don't need to use <laughs> shampoo probably maybe ever, and then you you only need to shower. I would say about once a week because after I take a shower. Uh, I'm a little bit, uh, you get some natural sweat and stuff going, and then the next day it's the same, and the next day it's the same, and the next day it's the same. So maybe rolling into about a week, it might be nice to rinse off because, you know, that's all. I agree with you. All right. Uh, I think you're right. Less showers is probably better. I try to get my wife to give our kids less baths. It saves How many water. Do they give? Yeah, exactly. She, she likes to give them a bath every night. I try to at least do maybe every other night or something. Yeah, but. I'm, I'm all about every other. Georgia is not a year old yet. She's probably 40 weeks old right now, and I guarantee you she's had less than 40 baths in her life. <laughs> Good Lord. That's actually sad. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, here's a story from South Carolina that I thought was kind of interesting. We were, talking about, we were talking about serial killers earlier. These guys aren't serial killers. They were trying to be, I think. But it's, uh, this comes from uh, F2BBS.com, <laughs> and this is a neo-Nazi couple from South Carolina uh, actually kill, killed a child, a convicted child molester. Weird. An, uh, an upstate white supremacist couple admitted to killing a Union County man and his wife because he was a registered sex offender. Um, they, and they were, as they were set, uh, sentenced to life in prison recently. Fox Carolina News was in court where Jeremy Moody and Christine Moody pleaded guilty of two counts of murder, two counts of kidnapping, two counts of possession of firearms during a violent crime and first-degree burglary. Um, what was really funny is they said that uh, as soon as the judge said guilty and you have life sentences, they just started smiling real big. And they, <laughs> Jeremy Moody called out to the victim's family saying, see you perverts later. That was a chi- <laughs> that was a child. Mo- that's what a child molester should get. So they were just wow. laughing and smiling. So they're like and they consider themselves Christians and also white supremacists. Wow. So it's got, yeah, it's Vigilante kind of anti justice big time there. Yeah. And they said they were going to kill more. So also a little wow. bit of news, a little bit of news that came up about them as well. I think they were, they were sexually molested when they were kids and they just felt like they wanted to get vengeance, calling themselves the right hand of God. Yeah. Uh, and were ordered to get rid of sex offenders. So that's uh, kind of intense, but that's, that's union South Carolina for you. Toby, you got a lighter story. 
Yeah, actually, a rare mega mouth shark was captured off uh, the shores of Japan. With that's a real three. thing, mega mouth, or is that that's got to no, be from a video real. game, right? No, it's real. It's real. It was hauled from a lightless depth of twenty six hundred feet, um, and it was dead. They did a necropsy on that thing, but this is only the fifty eighth mega mouth uh, shark to have been captured or sighted by a man uh, by man. So uh, that's kind of cool. You should look up pictures. This is from uh, grindtv.com. But it made me, when I looked at this fish, I was like, whoa, that thing looks crazy. It just looks wild. But uh, one time, Matt, you'll remember this. When we were recording um, While Broken Hearts Prevail um, EP, right, Matt? That's right. Uh, we were, we were uh, staying at a beach house in Charleston, and we actually, Matt, myself, and Dave, our drummer, took a walk down the beach one morning. And we're walking on the beach, and all of a sudden we see this weird shape, and we get closer and closer, and this it's this giant fish that looks crazy. This older lady, southern lady, comes walking by. <laughs> she comes walking by with her dog, and she looks at it, and she goes, oh, we need to call. Uh, you know, we need to call the authorities and get people down here. And we were like, yeah, I don't know. I said, we, maybe we could look it up on our phones and figure out what she says. She said, I know. She said, you know what? That, that's a mutant. That's some kind of mutant. <laughs> that's I some think. kind of mutant, I we think. We better call we like, uh, <laughs> it ended up being, Yeah, it ended yeah. up just being a sunfish. So that's <laughs> what it was, which is rare. <laughs> and they, they're way off coast. And so I guess it died and came into shore. But uh, I remember her going, "It's a, I think it's a mutant. I think we, it's some kind of mutant, she said. <laughs> I know. It's crazy, crazy, crazy. Uh, so you guys heard about this Common Core stuff? Have we talked about this? I was trying to remember if we had talked about Common Core. But. Louis C.K. is recently in the news about talking about Common Core. I love Louis C.K. He's a very, very funny comedian. He started really coming out and bashing uh, Common Core because he has two daughters, I think 12 and 9 years old, and they're coming home with their what homework. Is that a school thing? Yeah, Common Core is like, I guess, a new set of guidelines uh, for math. Is I don't that, even know. Yeah. Well, it's a, kind of this new thing for how uh, our kids will do math, um, and it's really people are really up in arms about it because the questions don't necessarily care if you get the right answer, but it's just your process and figuring, you know, it's, it's the, a lot. You have to look at the whole picture rather than uh, 333 plus 420. You know, you can't just answer it like we used to and just uh, postmodernism, yep, baby. Yep. It's just like now you have to look at the whole process and all that stuff. So there's a lot of people up in arms, but he's just uh, being been he's been tweeting about it. And a lot of people have been kind of bashing him a little bit more. I mean, and more. will we ever get to the point where we say, uh, mathematical facts are not absolute truth. It it is what you believe it is. Like three I plus one. So. Yeah. His no, big jo- his big no on that. His big joke was Bill has three goldfish. He buys two more. How many dogs live in London? So <laughs> a lot of parents and teachers got mad and have been writing him and tweeting him back saying that he's being mean to teachers and mean to schools and he's just saying no. Listen, I think what some of the things we're doing are crazy. So. I kind of agree. I don't look forward to all that stuff. I know, Joe, no you talked about you talked about school and what that's like, but I just think. I do mean, you guys, do you guys think that that you should teach uh, cursive? No, I, of course I not. Definitely don't. I actually enjoyed cursive. Yeah, but no, there's cur- no cursive, point. It's a waste of time. How yeah, many hours did I spend on cursive, spelling, and math that I can do with a calculator? And they said, "Well, you never know. You're going to need to do this." I don't need to do any of those damn things. And I wasted a ton of time where I could have learned uh, accounting, budgeting, common sense, economics, anything, computers, anything that would have been useful. And instead, I spent thousands of hours on those three subjects. Yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. Uh, also, have y'all seen those sh- shoes? They're called Five Fingers. They're like pitch your feet and they separate your toes. Yeah. Have y'all yep. seen them? Everybody, that was kind of a big, big thing probably in the last few years. Um, I don't know if it still is, but the maker of Five Fingers will pay millions to suckers who bought its shoes. This is on Fitfish at Deadspin.com, actually. 
And uh, so basically, the, uh, the initial claim filed in 2012 accuses Vibram, who makes these shoes, of deceiving consumers by saying that its shoes could reduce foot injuries and strengthen foot muscles. But uh, science takes a little bit of time, but now it is figured out that that is not true, and it's actually causing people tons of pain and, and, and all kinds of stuff. So anybody that says, oh, those minimalists with shoes and saying, yeah. that, oh, man, you, all you need is this little bit of thing, and it's going to help your feet and knees, that is not true, and millions of dollars are going to go to people. And wow. you look really, really, really stupid when you were wearing them, by the way, too. Yeah, they're add, super- they should give them some some you know punitive damages for looking like a moron for wearing those shoes. Anyway, that's all the news that I have today, guys. All right, thank you for the news, Toby. Yeah, I really do appreciate it. This um, has been news with Toby. Joe, Joey, we are uh, we are sorry if we make fun of you for being overweight. Well, well, first of all, I'm not overweight. You are, so it doesn't bother me one bit. I find it actually kind of. Weird. Second, I apologize to Joey for being overweight. Right, and I said, first fun of, of all, him being I overweight. don't care because I'm not overweight. He is, so I find it actually weird that that you. I think it's funny. Okay. Everybody has to know it's just a joke. I don't care if they think it's a joke or not. We're gonna go on a living room tour, and they're gonna be like, "Oh my gosh, where's the fat guy?" And they're not gonna see him. Actually, they're gonna think you're Joey. They're gonna think you're awesome because you lost so much weight. That'll be a positive. <laughs> I don't care. Well, we probably should talk about something serious. Joey got his blood test back this Uh-oh. week. Oh. His blood type's marinara. Oh, no. So, yeah, it's not too good. It's not too good. Hey, did you know we had a conversation uh, when we went on our first living room tour, and I asked you guys, like, if you felt bad, um, like, for the super fat kid in school, and Toby had experience with that. And, Matt, your first answer was, nope, they get used to it. They get used and to it. You said, <laughs> you said they get used to it. What and do you I mean? Thought, you... Oh, I'm asking you that. You basically said that fat kids get used to it. They build up thick skin. That's right. And, and, well, and the kids no, I'm just saying the they don't know went, any different. If you're a fat kid from the whole time you're alive, you don't know. I mean, you just think that's the way the world is. Yeah, but when kids make fun of you, I don't I don't think you ever get used to that. Yeah, I don't think you get used no, to I'm it. No, I'm not saying I mean, you get I was, used to I was getting made kid. fun of. I'm not Never saying you get good. used to made fun of. I'm just saying you don't really believe if you grow up fat and your parents are fat and you're fat. I'm, I'm trying to be sensitive here. I'm saying you don't really believe that you could be not fat. Like you don't have it in yourself to think, oh, I could be skinny. All I have to do is this, this, and this. You don't, you've already assumed that identity as a big person. You've grown up in it, and so it's really, really hard to break that is my point. I hope people know that I'm joking, and I'm. I mean, Joey isn't really fat. I mean, he is kind of fat, but I mean, <laughs> what? What? I, I mean, anyway, I, I was talking about your blood test, so I was. I didn't want to be serious. Joey actually, um, he does have a flesh eating disease, Matt. Like a bacteria? Is it bad? Yeah. Well, the doctors gave him 23 years to live. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> It's because it's flesh eating. It's gonna, it's gonna take a little while. So it's gonna... <laughs> he's got a, severe, a very aggressive flesh eating disease. It, yeah. it will, it'll claim him in twenty three years. Yeah, it'll take it twenty three years to get through it. 